0: The Bible says in John three sixteen that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And hello everyone and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista Lowe and my co-host Nathan Jones and we're with Lamb and Lion Ministry. And it's great to be here with you for today's program And of course, we hope that you can stay tuned as we are going to continue making our way through the book of Ezekiel. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready to follow along with us. And of course, before continuing, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we
1: thank you again for another week where we can tune into your word here on The Truth Will Set You Free. We pray that uh, you'll reveal yourself to us through your word and help those tuned in, Lord, also grow in the relationship with you. We thank you so much, Lord, for your insights especially in these dark days. In your precious
0: name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth With Set Your Feet Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb, Lion, and Ministry. We're excited to be here with you today. And of course, we would encourage those of you following us on social media to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us today. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Good to be on. Hello, folks. So glad you could
1: tune in to The Truth Will Set You Free. Uh, It's a podcast ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, We hope you'll tune in for our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy, which airs on the major Christian networks. And uh, Lord, we uh, just thank him and praise him for uh, you all tuning in.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And Nathan, of course, for someone who's new to our ministry, maybe you can also share with them some of the events coming up at some conferences.
1: Well, yeah, uh, we are
0: having our Convergence,
1: What is God Doing in World Politics Conference. That's uh, going to be in Pennsylvania. So if you'd like to see the fall leaves up there in Pennsylvania, join us October 8th and 9th at Emmanuel Bible Church in Three Springs. Uh, we will have a great conference there. If you can't attend in person, then you can go to our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. And we will be streaming it over that channel as well. So big things are coming up. Uh, lots of conferences, lots of speaking engagements. Uh, we also have a magazine called The Lamplighter. You can go to our website at ChristandProphecy.org and get the e-version. And we'll email that to you or you can download it from our website. Uh, we have so many resources on ChristandProphecy.org that we want to help you grow in your faith with Jesus Christ. and also to uh, grow spiritually. We, you know, it's a, that's what Christian life is, right? It's the walk of sanctification. So uh, check us out, christinprophecy.org.
0: Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And yeah, we will also love to be a, a blessing to you. If any of you want us to come out and share a message on Bible prophecy, or, or uh, you're more than welcome to reach out to the ministry. Tim, myself, Nathan Jones, Patrick Oliver, Dr. Reagan would we'll love to come out um, and encourage you as well. So that's also a fun part, right, Nathan, when we get to travel and, and uh, share in, in different locations.
1: Yeah, uh, briefly, maybe you tell us about the bilingual conference you spoke at last week.
0: Oh, yes. Thank you, Nathan. Yes, I was invited out of College Point Baptist Church in Ocala, Florida to share a bilingual conference, and it has to do with the theme, How Close to the Return of the Lord. And uh, I serve here as one of the evangelists, and I speak Spanish and English, and sometimes I get to do it in bilingual, Nathan, so I get to translate my own message. And uh, I was able to speak on two topics, or two sessions. One was on uh, what prophecies are being fulfilled today, and the second, how do we prepare for the last days, and then also Couple that were the signs of the times, and Nathan. For the for our first uh, bilingual conference, it was fantastic. People really had uh, uh, a great time, and I see now a hunger for God's word when it comes to Bible prophecy, Nathan. So it was really really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that here we are in the end times, and all these things things are going on in the world. Very scary things, and you would think the church would be like, "Hey, wait, something big is going on." But for the most part, the mainstream churches. Asleep at the wheel. They don't seem to know what's going on. But we have what's called, <clears throat> excuse me, the remnant church. and Those are the people that are awake. They seem to see the signs of the end times that Jesus gave us that point to his soon return. And they're passionate about the Lord's prophetic word, the study of what's called eschatology or the doctrine of eschatology. So I think more and more as we see mainstream churches lose interest in the 31% of the Bible that's prophecy. Those folks who are part of what you call the remnant church, uh, they're they're being watchful, just as Jesus commanded us to be.
0: Nathan, I love that. And and it's really exciting when we have individuals that are on the watch, that are on the lookout. They are seeing the signs of the times and the things that are happening so that they will be aware and, uh, and really have their eyes open to what God's word has to say. And you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel and uh, on one of our last programs we spoke about the importance of living righteously and how god throughout time has also uh, separated a remnant individuals that are willing to follow god uh, and then we see the rest of the world seems to want to continue in his own way, and God had prepared the prophet Ezekiel to bring uh, 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 a word to his people, a word of encouragement, but also a word of indictment of what will take place if they continue stubbornly in their old ways. And we were looking at Nathan and Ezekiel chapter 14, uh, speaking about uh, these prophecies that were brought about through uh, uh, God's angels, as well as messengers, as well as through the spirit of God. And it was really exciting because we were talking about the importance of living righteous in these last days. And Ezekiel's message, right, Nathan, is very applicable for today. We still need to continue to live right, regardless of what uh, condition the world around us is in.
1: Good point. And if you look at the condition in Ezekiel's time period, which we're looking at about 2600 years ago, the nation of Judah, which is the southern tribes uh, un- Israel had already been expelled out of the land in 722 B.C. We're now about 600 uh, B.C. and Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is coming down to basically exile everybody out of Israel as part of the punishment that Moses first told many, many years earlier that if the Jewish people persisted in disobedience to God and living ungodly lives and chasing after idols and idolatry and burning their children to Molech and uh, sexual um, promiscuity and all that, that if they were unfaithful to him, he would exile them for, from the land to purify them. And that's where we're at. Ezekiel is one of the first exiles uh, to be taken out of the land. Later, Daniel will be taken out of the land. But Thousands and thousands of Jewish people were removed out of the land and only a few left to, to basically keep what was left. And so God is judging. We're at a, probably one of the darkest time periods in Israel's history when we read the book of Ezekiel. Because it's basically, you picture uh, America's been unfaithful to God. And so God sends the Chinese people to exile us out of the land and they take over the land. And there's only a few remnant Americans left in the land. I mean that's the comparison here. Is that's what Israel is going through at the time. But the Lord meant it not just as a punishment, but to purify the people and set their focus right on giving up their idolatry and turning back to Yahweh God.
0: Mm, I love that. And Nathan, and as we pick it up in Ezekiel chapter 14, would you be able to open us up by reading verses 17 through 19, Nathan? And I'll read 20 through 21, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, turn your Bibles, please. Ezekiel chapter 14. We'll pick up in verse 17. The Lord says, or if I bring a sword on that land and say, Sword, go through the land, and I cut off man and beast from it, even though these three men were in it as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only they themselves would be delivered. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut off from it man and beast,
0: Even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord, they will deliver neither son nor daughter. They will deliver only themselves by their righteousness. Verse 21, for thus says the Lord God, how much more it shall be when I send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem, the sword, the famine, the wild beast, the pestilence, to cut off man and beast from it. And Nathan, at first look, this looks pretty severe. But you and I spoke earlier in our earlier programs that they persisted in turning their backs on God. And therefore, the Bible says what's going to come upon them. Yeah, this isn't a
1: first offense. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, God already had judged the the 10 northern tribes and taken them away by uh, Assyria and dispersed the land, never really to ever return. And so they had over hundreds of years continued to disobey God. The northern tribes never had a good king. They were all pagan kings. Israel had more pagan kings and good kings, but because of that, because there was a remnant left, the Lord continued to keep Judah lasting well past 722 BC and all the way till eventually 586 BC. And so God's sending Ezekiel back from captivity to the Jewish people in, in Judah and Jerusalem and is telling them, hey, you know, this, you guys need to repent, you know? That this is coming, but unfortunately They refuse to repent So uh, God's sitting here. He said, look, and this is fascinating that God considers Noah, Daniel, and Job To be the three most righteous people In the Old Testament That just blows my mind He said, even if they were there Only they would survive the judgment That's coming on Jerusalem And we know exactly that judgment Does come on Jerusalem Because, like I said, by 586 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar came down And exiled the people out of the land
0: Nathan, and what I noticed is how how amazing to me that in almost most of of, of these uh, situations, when you think about the righteous, it's always a small remnant in comparison to the rest of the world. But yet we are called to live different. We're called to turn uh, and, and obey what God has called us to do. And here, Nathan, what also grabbed my attention was verse 21 there in Ezekiel 14, because it says, I will send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem. And he speaks about the sword and the famine and the wild beasts and the pestilence. And Nathan, that sounds a lot to me, almost what's going to happen in the last days, almost into the time of the tribulation, where Matthew chapter 24, verses three through eight, Jesus spoke about certain signs of the last days, signs of the end times. And we find these, these things mentioned once again uh in matthew chapter 24 verses 3 through 8 as well as revelation 6 through 13 and i thought nathan if we would just be able to give a little bit of background there for someone who's not familiar really what's what signs of the end times pertain to us today and also that reflect what we notice here in ezekiel
1: yeah i mean you only have to fast forward uh 600 years from ezekiel's time and here's jesus and he's at his first coming he's doing the ministry and we're getting close to his crucifixion, and he's going by the temple with his apostles, and uh, he they're like marveling at it. It's its amazing compared to the backwoods where most of the apostles came from, and Jesus tells them, hey, you know, this will all be destroyed. One stone not, will not be left on another, and they couldn't believe it, so they, in verse 3, they came up to Jesus as he sat on the mountain of olives, and the disciples came to him privately saying, well, tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And, well, Jesus answered him, and he said to them, It will take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginnings of sorrow. So, Here Jesus is answering him. hey, before the temple falls, which we know was 70 A.D., that's, again, not only did Jerusalem be destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, but it was then again destroyed by the Romans. And he says, leading up to that, as well as leading up, because they asked him, when you're the sign of your coming, when you're coming back at the end of the age, what signs will lead up? Well, brother, we're at that age. This is the end of the church age. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. And so he said, these signs, which happened before The fall of the temple and the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD will happen again as we get to the end of the church age. So when you see all these wars, you see all these false Christs, you see uh, famines and pestilences and earthquakes, hey, when those increase in frequency and intensity, know that I'm coming back soon.
0: And Nathan, through our history, God has used these same type of judgments, famines and pestilence and earthquakes uh, to get people's attentions. And and again, as we relate that to even what's happening right now, it's not much different. You speak uh, oftentimes in conferences regarding the sign of weather, the sign of, of, of different events, famines, and people don't understand, Nathan, that's happening right now. We're seeing this grow in intensity as well
1: oh yeah i mean look at the four that god told ezekiel sword in other words war famine there would be lack of food there'd be wild beasts because of the lack of food the animals would be hungry and they would start attacking people and then you have pestilence or disease which is always an outcome of starvation and war he says likewise this cycle will just repeat itself so what are we saying near the end times there will be again you've got (laughs) famine you've got war You've got pestilence. Uh, You know, we have everything but the wild beast right now. And we read in the tribulation, it'll be the wild beast. So that's coming too.
0: Nathan, and this is why when we when we read God's word, we see how important this is, uh, because, again, not only during our time, but again, this is going to repeat itself in the time of the tribulation. Now, of course, we're not going to be here for that. We believe we're going to be raptured out. But in the, in the time of the tribulation, there's also the seal judgments. And, and, and during the seal judgments, we find these four things again. Oftentimes people refer them as the four horsemen. Of the apocalypse, but it's the war, the famine uh, and, and the death, much like what Ezekiel spoke of what was happening during his time. And maybe you're not familiar with the Bible or the book of Revelation, but if in Revelation chapter six, verse 13, it says when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. And see, in another horse, fiery red went out and it was granted to the one that sat on it to take peace from the earth and the people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. And then verse five says, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard the voice of one in the midst of the four living creature, saying a quarter wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius and do not harm the oil or the wine. Nate, will you be able to read for us their Revelation chapter six, verses seven and eight? Again, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible, they can follow along with us.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, let's go to the fourth seal judgment. And that's when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked and behold, a, a pale horse in the name of him who saw it was death. And Hades followed with them, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Uh, So just to give you another background here, so we've left Ezekiel's time 2,600 years ago. Jesus addressed what were the events leading up to his return at at the rapture of the church, but he also is answering them. He had three questions the apostles asked, and the third one was the end of the age, the end of the time period where uh, the tribulation time period is a seven-year time period where God will judge the earth for its sins. It'll be the most horrific time in all of human history. As you see here, uh, you know, when the, the first seal is released, a one-world ruler will come and take over the world whom John calls the Antichrist. He'll bring war to the earth, and people will kill each other. It'll be a horrendous war that'll cover the earth. Of course, the end result is scarcity of food, a disruption of the, the uh, supply chains. And so we have people starving. And then the re- end result of that is lots of people dying. Uh, they're, they're dying of the war. They're dying of hunger and the beasts of the earth. And it's, again, it's that same cycle of prophecy that we saw back in Ezekiel. The same four things that killed people in Ezekiel's time, that are killing people around the world today, will culminate to be the worst ever during the tribulation time period.
0: Nathan, and that, that's why this is fascinating and amazing. When we look at different time period, we see how God has dealt with people, how he has dealt with their rebellion, how he has dealt with their unrighteousness. And that's why for those of you that are part of this program today, we want to encourage you make a difference in these last days, our lifestyles, our conducts, the way we live, the way we worship God. All these things do matter. Uh, God does have a certain expectation for those of us that call ourselves believers, that call ourselves God's people. And and Nathan, again, it's kind of sad when individuals don't put these together. where they think, well, the way I live or the way that uh, I worship God, it it really is not that important. But the reality is that it is very important.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and it's not all gloom and doom. If we go back to Ezekiel 14 and we pick up in verse 22— See, God always has a purpose for for punishment and it says, as yet behold, there shall be left in it a remnant who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Surely they will come out to you and you will see their ways and their doings. Then you'll be comforted concerning the disaster that I brought upon Jerusalem, all that I brought upon it. So what we're reading here is, okay, we know that the Jewish people were exiled out of the land. They were forced to go up to Babylon. And for 70 years, the Jewish people were exiled out of their land. But then there was a regime change the Medo-Persians came in and they allowed a remnant of the Jewish people to return rebuild the walls rebuild the temple and start repopulating the land again likewise when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem and they cast the Jews into what was called the diaspora the Lord kept a remnant of the Jewish people preserved so they too starting in the late 1800s and into the 1900s began to return to the land began to populate it began to take the, the wasteland and make it uh, beautiful and bountiful again. The, the Hebrew language was revived. Their military was revived. Israel's in the news every day. And so there's a remnant there. But the Lord says that there still is one more remnant left, and that's to take a remnant of the— and the Bible says a third of the Jewish people in, in, in Israel will come to know Jesus as their Savior when the Messiah returns at his second coming. And so the Lord always keeps a believing remnant preserved— Because he wants to save us, he might not be able to save everybody, because it's our choice whether to to accept the Lord in faith or not. But there's always a remnant kept, brother. I remember uh, if you read the story of Elijah, you know Elijah had just defeated the prophets of Baal. God had sent fire and destroyed this big sacrifice, and Elijah had killed all the prophets of Baal. And Queen Jezebel is like, "All right, I'm going to kill you now, Elijah." And he ran off, and he's crying to the Lord. He says. I'm the only guy left that, that, that's your remnant. And the Lord says, Nope, I've got 7,000 people who won't bow a knee to Baal in reserve. So the Lord always keeps a remnant. And that's why it refers back to what we were talking about the remnant church. There is still a, a devout people. We're seeing denominations fall into corruption and into apostasy, but the Lord always keeps a remnant preserved.
0: Nathan, I love that. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Sometimes we might feel alone when we're standing for Christ like Daniel, (laughs) but yet God reminds us, no, there's still quite a bit of people out there. You're not alone. And and it is very comforting, Nathan, especially when you and I go speaking at different conferences and we meet different believers, groups of people that are on fire for God. And you feel like, wow, there, there is still a remnant in the United States of America who love God and who want to see things change.
1: Yeah, and it's disheartening. I mean, evil is taking over every institution. This we call it wokeism or PCism, but it's just uh, basically the the false religion of, of humanism is this idealized virtue signaling about virtue signaling evil things and not good things as the Bible teaches, and uh, it looks like it's just taken over everything. But the Lord says, no, I will judge them. I will judge this nation for that. But I will always keep a remnant preserved until at least the rapture of the church, when the Lord takes all believers off this earth, and then the tribulation will come to the earth. And even during the tribulation, the Lord provides many means of, to get the gospel out so that people get saved during the tribulation, so there'll be a remnant who survives the tribulation and believes in Jesus as well. So again, God always follows the same cycle of prophecy.
0: I love that, Nathan. And, and God always does things with with a cause. Uh, he doesn't waste time. He doesn't waste words. He doesn't work. He doesn't waste verses in the Bible because we notice there in Ezekiel 14, uh, verse 23, uh, 22 and 23, it says, then you will be comforted concerning the disaster that I have brought upon Jerusalem, all that I have brought upon you, verse 23, and they will comfort you when you see their ways and their doings. And you shall know that I have done nothing without cause, that I have done in it, says the lord god in other words there was a purpose he was at work here people might not understand sometimes the the, the famines and the judgments uh the, the the things that are happening but here god says he had a purpose uh he's done nothing without a cause absolutely
1: it reminds me of first peter 2 9 where the lord says that you through peter you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to god that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the Lord always has a purpose of keeping that remnant, because what is the ultimate purpose for that remnant? That they will dwell with Jesus Christ forever in a perfect relationship, a holy relationship, forever and ever. So you can almost think of every generation as a harvest. There's a field, and the tares, the, the weeds get destroyed. And uh, the wheat, the faithful get preserved And that's what the Lord's doing through every generation throughout human history He's preserving a remnant of faithful people So that they will live with him forever and eternity On a new earth and a new Jerusalem With the new heavens above Brother, that, that's exciting because all of life, if you think about it Is really a test of faith If you pass the test, in other words, you abide in the Lord You stay in the faith and believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior He promises to forgive your sins and give you eternal life with him. And that's the remnant. The remnant is preserved to provide fellowship and be amazed about God's glory throughout eternity. That's exciting.
0: I love that. And Nathan, another thing that you and I have also spoken about, and you mentioned this as we're going through Ezekiel, is that also God allows certain things to happen the way they do so that when they are fulfilled, People know that is God. The prophecy can be trusted. And here in verse 23, he says, he does things with, uh, he says, I have done nothing without cause that I have, excuse me, that I have done it, uh, says the Lord. So the people will give God the credit when Bible prophecy comes to pass, when he tells us things that are, that are coming and they come to pass is so that they know that it was the Lord who's doing it. And it's a confirmation of the word of God that is true and that it can be trusted. Oh, you bring up an excellent
1: point because salvation has nothing to do with humans. You can't work your way to salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You know, you can't pray enough, be good enough. Uh, you, you just can't. Matter of fact, it's the Holy Spirit who taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, and he makes us aware of the gospel and for us to accept it or not. And uh, the Lord did all the work on the cross. He died for our sins. He provided the one and only way, John 14:6, by which we could be saved. So Uh, Yeah, in the end, all the glory goes to God. The very fact that you and I and those tuned in know Jesus Christ as their Savior was the work of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of the Father. And we will spend eternity glorifying the Father for our creation, our recreation and our glorification.
0: I love that. And for those of you that are part of this, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ what are you waiting for? This is, will be a great opportunity for you to start that relationship with him. God loves you. God has a wonderful plan for you. He has set you apart as a remnant because he has because he has a wonderful plan for your life, regardless of what you might think or others think. Again, we want to encourage you to turn to Christ while there is t- still time. There's, there are a lot of, uh, of scary things happening around the world. If you have placed of Christ in Jesus, you won't have to worry about these things. We believe you will be going to heaven with us, Lord willing, if anything were to happen to you. So, Nathan, maybe there's someone out there right now who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Would you be able to share with them how they can start the relationship even right now?
1: Well, Romans 3.23 tells us something that we all need to understand. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. There's nobody who's righteous. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So we're told that here in the Bible, that we are sinners, and we need a Savior because the wrath of God abides on us. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be our Savior and Lord of our life, then their sins are forgiven, the guilt is washed clean, and we become that royal priesthood. We inherit eternal life with Jesus. And for any of you out there who don't know Jesus as your Savior yet, now is the time to accept him. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that you're a sinner who needs salvation, then pray in prayer. From your heart, anything, something like this. Dear Jesus, I I know I'm a sinner. I've, I've disobeyed you. I've been in rebellion against you. Please, please forgive me of my sins. I accept you as the Savior. Please be the Lord of my life. Jesus promises those sins will be forgiven, and you will inherit eternal life with him.
0: And I would want to say congratulations to any of you that pray that prayer. Reach out to us, 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice with you in this wonderful new relationship that you have just started with the Lord. So Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful gospel invitation, and hopefully individuals have prayed that prayer, and now they will know that they are on their way to heaven. So we're very excited about that. And of course, Nathan, it's always good to be able to share God's word, but we've come to the end of this program. But what a wonderful time we've been having, right, Nathan, in the book of Ezekiel.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And please tune in again. If you want to catch up on all our previous podcasts, go to ChristinProphecy.org under uh, Watch Podcasts, and you can listen in to all our previous podcasts and tune in next week with us.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Dick Batista and Nathan Jones, thanking you for being part of the program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world is today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed...